New York Mayor Eric Adams spoke today at the National Mathematics Improvement Project, but this is sad. He used the opportunity to promote division. It's a little uh, mathematics meets politics kind of a thing. They, you know, they're different. they love division and subtraction. But, um, you know, algebra and monkeypox uh, go a little... Uh, is that a form of math, uh, monkeypox? Yesterday I was uh, telling you about Sam Brinton who is the shaved head, mustachioed, cross-dressing Biden administration official at the Department of Energy in charge of nuclear waste. And he's a nuclear waste himself. The guy's a complete freak show. He's a kleptomaniac. He steals women's luggage. And he steals their clothes and their jewelry. And they're uh, very nice pieces of luggage, too. He flies without luggage. Then he goes to the no carry-on, no checked luggage. Then he goes to the luggage carousel, sees a nice bag, uh, takes the luggage tag off of it in case they check him on the way out, and he steals the luggage. And then he goes back to his hotel room and he plays dress-up and make-believe. And It's kind of amazing. And he was first caught uh, stealing uh, very expensive luggage out of Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. Then he was caught stealing very expensive luggage from Harry Reid International Airport. Don't fly out of there. And uh, out of Las Vegas, Nevada, because, you know, the organized crime people get to name the airports in uh, Las Vegas, so they named it after Harry Reid. Uh, and uh, so he was caught the second time, and he lied about it, and then he confessed, and then he put on blue lipstick, and he shaved his head again, and put on your mom's summer dress, and hung out in the yard. Well, Police sent search warrant for energy official Sam Brinton after news reports. It took the news reports for the police to do anything about it because he's a Biden guy. So, you know, it's a very corrupt uh, administration and the Democrats are very corrupt. NBC Fake News has the headline, History-making non-binary government official is out of a job after theft accusations. And the video uh, of him stealing these things and then lying about it, and NBC News is upset that the history-making non-binary government official is out of a job just because he goes around, he's, uh, you know, it should say cross-dressing kleptomaniac is, uh, is uh, he's not really a kleptocrat because he's not in charge of the government, but uh, he's a kleptomaniac, and he's got some very serious issues. He's also made a series of false claims about his childhood and his dad being mean to him and his mom says not true and that he was sent to, uh, you know, a uh, what do they call them? They're re-education camps there uh, for uh, gay people. And uh, nobody can find any evidence that anything he's ever said about that is true, right? You know, when they, uh, what do they call them, deprogramming or whatever they call them. Um, but uh, n nobody can find any evidence that anything he's uh, ever said is true. But he does steal luggage. Uh, we know that because of the uh, the video. And they found it because he was wearing a rainbow something or other when he was stealing luggage in Las Vegas, right? And, uh, yeah, and other gay groups have tried to prove true his false claims about his childhood uh, being very rough, all fake. But in any case, we had a caller yesterday. One of our brilliant listeners called in and said, 
Um, did you know that Sam Brinton, the luggage thief, the cross-dressing nuclear energy luggage thief, is a pal of Pete Boot Edge Edge's husband, whose name is uh, Cheston Boot Edge Edge. He took C because, um, you know, Boot Edge Edge Pete, he's the lead dog on this uh, sled. So Cheston took Boot Edge Edge's last name. And besides, you know, he's the Secretary of Transportation during the biggest transportation crisis we have ever had, and he's done nothing about it, uh, which is fine. Right. But I uh, a caller, a listener said this yesterday. I said, huh, I didn't know that because I didn't know that. So that's why I said I didn't know that. And um, and it turns out it's true. A videotape has emerged with uh, Sam Brinton, the cross dressing nuclear waste luggage thief and Chasten or Chaston boot edge edge. And they're doing a happy video together. Uh, it was like like the Von Trapp family, but a stranger. It's this idea of inspiration porn, that inspiration uh, your mere porn. existence is enough when, Sam, you are out there doing critical work in the community. One of my favorite stories is I walked um, into Disney World in my stilettos. I am I love me. my I have 52 pair of heels. I love stilettos. They're very important to me um, as a way of expressing myself, right? And I walked into to Disney with them. And I would later get a message from a mom being like, oh, my gosh, my, si- my, my child saw you in heels. It was so wonderful. The only thing I have, I'm going to red flag is, you walked to Disney World in heels? I did. I came to I Disney did. World in tennis shoes. This is the uh, husband of the secretary of the Department of Transportation and the head of nuclear waste uh, disposal at the Department of Energy. Uh, who is a luggage thief and um, uh, blue lipstick and wears Victorian lacy gowns and, and things, which is fine, knock yourself out. He, he loves uh, dressing up. That's uh, great. But isn't that amazing? Biden's non-binary, non-binary nuclear waste guru uh, is charged. And, and um, you know, it's uh, just a great big circle fest in a hot tub. All right, now let's go to... Let's, because uh, I want, I wish I could remember the name of the caller that said that yesterday. Because I said, really, I didn't know that. And here we are just uh, 20 some odd hours later. And there's the videotape. And it's inspiration porn is the beginning of the discussion. Then wearing high heels through Disneyland or Disney World and being spotted by uh, friends' children. And it's just so wonderful because the Democrat Party, you know, you know how they are. It's a pretty, uh, pretty kooky bunch of Democrats these days. Not my mother's Democrats. Uh, Marsha Blackburn is a Republican senator from Tennessee. And during the Senate confirmation hearing for now Supreme Court Associate Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Marsha Blackburn stumped the now Supreme Court justice with a really difficult question. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? That's a tough Can one. I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Provide. I can't. You yeah. can't? Why? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? That's, uh, that's uh, actually what uh, she said. And uh, then she was approved to sit on the Supreme Court, but she can't tell you what a woman is. Um, 
I hope she doesn't have any really difficult cases, difficult, complex decisions, because that that speaks to a uh, simpleness of mind that you don't see very often. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a very simple-minded person, of course. There's uh, Michael and I were discussing this earlier today. There's one area where Joe Biden is complex, and that is the military-industrial complex. Otherwise, he's quite uh, simple. But the military-industrial complex is him. All right, now I'm going to move on, because that's uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Uh, I can't, she said. I'm not a biologist. Now, of course, a woman is an adult female human. That's what a woman is. And a man is an adult male human. That's what a man is. It's uh, pretty simple stuff. It's, it's always been thus. But not anymore because, you know, Katanji Brown-Jackson couldn't answer the question, what is a woman? Can you give me a definition, what is a woman? Well, there's uh, this story from yesterday. Dictionary.com announces woman as word of the year reveals search spike after tense Senate hearing exchange. So the word of the year is woman. But it uh, that's not where it gets weird. Here's where it gets weird. The Cambridge Dictionary, that's a town in England, the Cambridge Dictionary, where the English language you know, theoretically began, the Cambridge Dictionary changes definition of man and woman because Democrats... Luke Gentile, social media producer, uh, wrote the story at the Washington Examiner, where they do report the news, unlike at the Washington Post. The Cambridge Dictionary has officially changed its definitions of the words man and woman. Previously defining the term as a representation of biological sex, the definitions now include individuals who identify differently than the gender they were assigned at birth. See, the Democrats don't like the word. This is George Orwell's nightmare. They just change the meaning of the words. They just change the definition of the words. So a woman is now defined as, quote, an adult, not an adult female, an adult who lives and identifies as female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth, may have been said to have a different sex at birth? That's right. And a man is now defined as an adult, not an adult male, who lives and identifies as male, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. The new definitions are representative of how people use language, according to the Cambridge. Now, it's the radical left, which is uh, spreading gender dysphoria from kindergarten forward. And uh, they think it's fun, I guess. Uh, you know, it's uh, grooming. You know, let's uh, not be critical of someone just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old, as the famous teacher in Texas said on camera. They carefully studied the patterns of uh, word, the word woman and concluded that its definition is one <clears throat> that learners of English should be aware of to support their understanding of how the language is used, said Sophie White, a spokeswoman. What do you mean, woman? Uh, with Cambridge University Press and assessment, and this is what she said. So they changed the definitions of the word in the of the words 
in the dictionary, right? Now let's uh, go to um, let's go to 21A because you may remember the uh, 2020 the confirmation hearing for Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who does know what a woman is and does know what a man is, um, because her brain is uh, intact and functional. And Maisie Hirono um, from uh, the Democrat from Hawaii. Hawaii, you're welcome, is uh, asked uh, this question. Not once, but twice. You use the term sexual preference to describe those in the LGBTQ community. And let me make clear, sexual preference is an offensive and outdated term. It is used by anti-LGBTQ activists to suggest that sexual orientation is a choice. That's right. Uh, it's, uh, It's offensive to say sexual preference because it's not a preference. It's, uh, not, uh, it's not like that at all. Um, but the amazing thing is that um, the uh, dictionary changed the definition of sexual preference after that exchange in the Senate. And they added, um, they added that it's offensive. They added in parentheses, to sexual preference, it was always there in the dictionary, in the dictionary online. <clears throat> and if you look at your paper dictionary, it's important to hang on to the paper dictionaries because the Democrats can't, in theory, come into your house and change the words. Uh, but online, they changed the definition after um, Maisie Hirono made an issue of it, uh, a very dim-witted woman in the United States Senate, Amy Coney Barrett, a very intelligent woman. And they went ahead and they changed the online dictionary definition of sexual preference and added offensive because the Democrat Party decided that we had to change the definition of the word. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Sexual preference. Because the Democrats said it was fine up until that moment. And then they said, oh, no, now it's offensive because the party says so. And um, boy, oh boy, oh boy, just change it because the party says we're going to change it. Mm -mm -mm. And USA Today did a story on it when that happened. Um, On October 15th, 2020, Merriam-Webster Dictionary updates, that's a euphemism, quote, sexual preference, end quote, entry after Amy Coney Barrett hearing. And that's what the Democrats do. Don't like the meaning of the word? Change it. Uh, Want to use it as a political weapon? The dictionary, and this this case, Merriam-Webster, and the other case, the Cambridge Dictionary, just changed the meaning of the word. And both of them uh, sprang from Senate hearings where Democrats, um, you know, and it's uh, Democrats. They, they don't know what gender is anymore. They don't know what a man is. They don't know what a woman is. Supreme Court justice who doesn't know what a woman is changed the definition in the dictionary. Now she does. Sexual preference. Maisie Hirono. You know, well, I'm, uh, probably can't figure out where to put the key in a car. Um, says it's offensive. And the uh, people at the dictionary, Merriam-Webster, changed the definition to accommodate the Democrat Party. Sieg Heil. Sieg Heil. C-1984 by George Orwell. Right about now, seasonal excitement or maybe seasonal dread is probably starting to settle in, especially if you are a small business owner. 
But it's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control thanks to Stamps.com. Because Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. You get access to U.S. Postal Service and UPS services that you need to run your business right from your computer, at your office, at home, on the road. No lines, no traffic, no parking, no hassles for you. And if you need package pickup, you can easily schedule package pickup through your Stamps.com dashboard. So this holiday season, trade in late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code PLANTE, that's me, P-L-A-N-T-E, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale with no long-term commitments or contracts for you. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, enter the code PLANT. Yes, sir. And we have the mailbag today, and we still have a lot of good stuff to get to. Crazy people. You know who they are. Audio. Madness. Don't like the words? Just have the dictionaries change the words for you. There's only one Chris Plant. The Chris Plant Show. Yesterday I was making fun of the Washington Post, as as you might, uh, for describing Barry Weiss, formerly of the New York Times, and Matt Taibbi, who are both exposing the truth about uh, the Democrat Party and Twitter, their fascist coalition between the two entities, and Facebook and the rest. They describe Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi as conservative journalists in the Washington Post. Well, the Daily Caller has an update on that. Washington Post stealth edits story describing Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi as conservative the Washington Post self-edited a, a story that described journalist Barry Weiss, Matt Tavey, as conservative journalists as the duo released the so-called Twitter files. But you go to their online story, and uh, oops, they went in and they changed it. Like, uh, you know, like they changed the definition of man and the definition of woman and the definition of sexual preference to conform with the Democrat Party's whim. This is the Chris Plant Show. All right, the um, the Democrats, you know who they are. They, they have uh, Alexandria Casio Cortez, aka Sandy, as she was known in high school in Westchester County, one of the most beautiful high schools you've ever seen. Take a look at it on Google Earth. And her tree-lined streets, uh, but, you know, she's from the hood in Westchester County. She's a complete fraud, and uh, she is as dumb as a stump, too. You know, things freak her out like garbage disposals and things. She's got a movie out. She has a movie because she's a filmmaker now. Because all Democrats get movie contracts and TV contracts and book contracts, and they... They don't actually have to do anything. But she's got this movie out, and it's about the coming apocalypse because of the weather. And uh, this thing is uh, being written up by the New York Times and all the majors, and they, and they all love it, and they think it's wonderful because they're a gang of bootlicks, a gang of bootlicks, you know. And um, it's, it's an amazing thing, this, uh, this movie. Uh, AOC Climate Change Documentary earns only $80 per theater 
despite rave critic reviews. Creator's previous film panned by audiences with 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is uh, never a good thing. But it was released in uh, well over 100 theaters. And and because she's, you know, not an established filmmaker, so she gets more than 100 in theater, theaters for a thing. Now, the, the trailer sounds a little bit like, uh, like the, it's an apocalyptic. You know, I was uh, texting with Michael Piercy about it yesterday. They, they wanted to use the uh, title Apocalypto, uh, but that was already, I think that's like a Mel Gibson movie or something, Apocalypto. So they couldn't use Apocalypto. But they are an apocalyptic death cult. And the posters and the, you know, this thing getting broad release, uh, it's called <laughs> This is the End. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, sorry, there's another one. To the End. It's called To the End. To the end. And it's got uh, pictures of four faces of four women of color, W-O-C. And they're all facing off in dramatic poses, and they look very concerned about the weather. And uh, below them, there are signs, youth rising. You know, uh, what is the, uh, you may remember the Vladimir Lenin quote, give me four years to teach the children and the seeds I have sown will never be uprooted. That's Vladimir Lenin, the communist revolutionary mass murderer. And here's a piece of the trailer. Fighting for change politically like requires faith. Faith in what? We are building an army of young people to stop the climate crisis and create millions of good jobs for our generation. It's going to create millions of good jobs for our generation. Everyone wants to talk about this dispassionately, but this is the world that I will raise my kids in. Oh, no, this is the world she's going to raise her kids in, or not, as the case may be. Uh, you know, uh, maybe somebody can give you a ride to Planned Parenthood. Oh, you know, AOC said she's a Planned Parenthood baby, right? She escaped. She tunneled out, um, got out of there in no time at all. Yeah, New York Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez climate change documentary debuted in movie theaters over the weekend, generating an abysmal $80 per theater. Now, that's not per showing. That's per theater over the weekend. Uh, The new film, To the End, because it's an apocalyptic death cult, was filmed over four years and followed four young women. Cortez, activist, uh, blah, 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 climate uh, lunatic, and, uh, and uh, these uh, four, but they're all woke uh, women of color. And, uh, and apparently nobody's buying it because, because you know, who would want to buy this? Uh, you may remember Alexandra, so she's got this movie, and nobody's seeing it, and, and you won't either. Um, because, you know, I mean, but the brainwashing, the indoctrination, and the army of children, the army of young people, such martial language like the fascists that they are, an army, and they're sinking their teeth into the kids again with being non-binary and LGBTQ and cross-dressing. And, you know, this, uh, this guy at the energy department, he's uh, tweeting out that he thinks cross-dressing is for children. Drag is for children. And, of course, all the LGBTQ and the transgender stuff for uh, classrooms and uh, and then they lie about it. Oh, it's a don't say gay bill. No, it's a keep your creepy claws off the children bill is what it is. Uh, AOC last October, um, because it's an apocalyptic de- death cult, talking to um, uh, energy company executives, oil company executives. 
Oops. I think one thing that often gets lost in these conversations is that Your some brain. of us have to actually live the future. Some of us have to that actually. That you all are setting on fire for the, us. The future that you all are setting on fire for us. This is Sally, and she's got a documentary film, and it gets broad release in uh, more than 120 theaters across the country. The propaganda apparatus of the Democratic Party is boundless. Uh, Democrat California Congresswoman Katie Porter has three children. Someone should call Child Welfare Services. The earth is on fire, and we're all going to die soon. Talking to Greta. Talking to Greta von Funberg. Uh, and then, of course, and that's what she teaches her nine-year-old daughter. That the earth is on fire and we're all going to die soon. We're going to die and soon. Uh, Democrat Congresswoman Catherine Clark also has children. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. Her child wakes up with nightmares uh, about climate change. That's because you brainwashed your uh, little mental case. And she's going to grow up and set herself on fire in front of the Supreme Court like that Democrat did on Earth Day earlier this year. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, last year. By 2028, crop yields are, be are already projected to begin to fail, with famine beginning to hit the world's most vulnerable populations. By 2038, current U.S. drought, fire, and extreme heat trends make will could potentially make whole regions of the United States unlivable. Entire regions of the United States will be unlivable, um, because, you know, crop yields, 2028, that's, uh, that's in uh, six years. They keep doing this. You know, they've been doing this since the 1970s. They're, they are apocalypto. They're definitely apocalypto. And by 2038, that naturally reminded us of uh, Joe Biden, because Joe Biden's very concerned about the uh, weather, too. And that's why he's working with General Motors, and they're going to go all electric at General Motors real soon. They're going to go all electric by 3035. Every other company has signed up to do the same thing. By 3035. That's, that gives them plenty of breathing room, I think, by 3035. That's, uh, what is it? Let me see, 1,013 years. So General Motors not overcommitting. You know, you want to under-promise, over-deliver. So uh, 1,013 years from now, General Motors will be uh, all electric. Uh, Biden, he's not very good with years. Sometimes he's off by 1,000 years or more. Um, sometimes he doesn't get the millennium wrong, just the century. She's performing the biggest stages, but, but a point of personal privilege. Gladys Knight. I think her performance in 1919 at the 100th anniversary of the Delaware State Fair was pretty special. <laughs> they all laugh. He doesn't know why they're laughing. He, uh, he went to see Gladys Knight. I'm thinking the pips weren't even born then. Uh, at the 1919, that's what he went to it. You know, thank God the Great War was over. And uh, the war to end all wars. And he went to the 100th anniversary of the Delaware State Fair. And he saw Gladys Knight uh, without her pips in 1919. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Man, that's your Democrat party. That's uh, AOC. And the more than 120 theaters. And it uh, took in less than $10,000 over the weekend. That's, I assume, like three days because it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think, the movie theaters. Uh, that's how they measure. And $80 per screen. Was it like a, a, a penny opera? Did everybody pay a penny to get in? No, they charge the regular rates. Um, that's uh, pretty amazing stuff. Took in uh, 9000 and some odd dollars 
at more than 120 theaters. But she gets this broad distribution because, you know, the Democrat Party propaganda. They should change the meaning of the word dollar, and then uh, her movie will do better. Why not? Mm -mm -mm. All right, now, yesterday, I uh, said we wanted to do a mailbag and have people uh, send questions by Twitter. By Twitter, now that Elon Musk owns it. And I've never been a big fan of Twitter. It's a cesspool, uh, and it's always been a cesspool. But it's a lot better now because the good guys are in charge and the bad guys have been run out of town. Um, Chris, that, that guy, uh, the, the uh, guy who was the chief censor at Facebook, Yoel Roth, he also was like, you know, naked gay horseback riding, um, you know, academic research uh, meetings, the Democrat Party is, look, I don't care if you're gay. Uh, n nobody cares if you're gay. Do we have to hear about it every time you start talking? Every single time? Every tweet? Constantly? All day? Nobody cares. All right? It's 2022. Join us here in the 21st century. The water's fine. No shrinkage. It's okay. All right, so uh, questions from the mailbag from yesterday because nice listeners sent along questions. And um, one question is from uh, Helen. Helen, could I like use whole names or just, uh, yeah, Helen Henning? Helen Henning, have you ever considered running for office? The Republicans need good people who are articulate and funny. Well, it's quite true that the, uh, is that a reference to Kevin McCarthy? <laughs> it might be a, a reference to Kevin McCarthy. Uh, or maybe the turtle, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell. It's true that Republic Republicans don't seem to pick people that uh, speak well, and they uh, don't seem to have much of a sense of humor most of the time. Of course, the Democrats don't either. Occasionally they're mean and they think it's funny, but uh, that's true of a lot of people. Have you ever considered running for office? Um, uh, you know, I live in Washington, D.C., and I've lived in Washington, D.C. for more than 30 years. Uh, a Republican hasn't been elected here since shortly after the Civil War. And actually, I don't think we even had elections back then. Um, I, I could move to Virginia, and I could uh, run for office, but I really haven't considered it seriously. I have a lot of fun doing what I'm doing. And, you know, you can make a lot of money as a member of Congress. They all become millionaires. My best girl would like that. <laughs> you do it through corruption. Um, but really, the answer is, uh, is pretty much no. I've always argued, however, that the people who want nothing to do with running for office should be forced to run for office, and the people who really want to hold elected office should be barred from holding elective office because that would make democracy a lot better. It would make our constitutional republic a lot better. But you're right, the Republicans do need people who are articulate and funny, I speak reasonably well thanks to my mother and uh, the nuns. And we used to teach things in school, you know, other than how to dress like a woman when you're a boy. Um, but really, no, really, no. That's the truthful answer. From uh, Heavy Delta, did you know about your dad's World War II service when you were a young boy? And if so, was there any other superhero you needed? Uh, a fun question. My, uh, my father, Jules Orteg, Jules Orteg Jr., uh, died when I was five months old. He was a Navy fighter pilot in World War II. Um, I just recently discovered his citation for his Air Medal. It reads uh, very well. Um, and yes, I did know all about it because our mother, uh, when, when my father died, I had three older brothers. The oldest of my brothers, five and then four, then two and a half uh, when uh, our father died. And I was five months old. And our mother 
uh, loved our uh, father very much and uh, kept his memory very much alive with uh, the four of us, with her four sons uh, who were, she was widowed at the age of 32. Um, I believe that's right, 32, and left with four sons. I was the youngest of the four sons. She remarried five years later, Bill Plant. That's where I got the name Plant. I was Chris, Christopher Ortega until I was five. Um, so, you know, you learn to uh, fight a little and stuff. Ortega, that's a funny name. Um, but, yes, I was well aware of it. And actually, after my, uh, there were photos around. And, you know, before my mother remarried, um, it was, uh, you know, she made sure. Uh, we had cousins and aunts and uncles and, and things who all kept his uh, memory very much alive, too. He died of a heart attack when he was 38 years old. 38 years old of a heart attack. Um, and we moved in with my grandfather, my mother's uh, parents, uh, my grand Patrick Henry Barnes and Eleanor Gilmore Barnes. We moved in with them, and he was a World War I veteran and had his World War I uh, memorabilia around the house. And so, yes, and, and he was uh, definitely a hero of mine, too. But uh, my father was always very much a hero in our household as well. Uh, Laura, Laura He, Laura He, Laura Hay, 28. What's your best holiday tradition? Something you and your best girl look forward to every year. And have a Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Thank you, Laura. Um, we do have, I was able to, to think of one, and this is, and we just did it uh, uh, over Thanksgiving as well. Um, we very often have a family Thanksgiving where we go somewhere. We may uh, go to Chicago over the years. We may have gone to Georgetown, my stepfather's house, uh, and his wife and uh, friends and family for a Thanksgiving dinner. And that's usually on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but my best girl and I, we have a tradition, uh, and my best girl started it, where we, because we have a family thing on Thursday, we go home, uh, as you might, and on Friday, we have our own Thanksgiving dinner at home all over again. We get a giant turkey. We make uh, the mashed potatoes and stuffing and gravy. My best girl does. I help buy mashed potatoes and stuff like that, and I cut the turkey and things like that. But we have a big family thing, and then the next day we have our own Thanksgiving with just the two of us. Sometimes we have another person or two, but usually it's just the two of us. And we get a huge old turkey, and then we've got turkey. We did that uh, this Thanksgiving. And then we have, you know, more turkey the next day, and you have lunch, and then you do because I love turkey and mashed potatoes and you know, vegetables and stuffing and gravy and stuff. And my best girl makes great stuff. So we have two Thanksgivings, uh, Thanksgiving Thursday, and then my best girl at home, um, you know, because we don't have a house full of kids and stuff. And and so we have our own uh, Thanksgiving. Mm -mm -mm. And your favorite assignment when you worked at CNN in the good old days when they're actually a news agency. I, uh, I'll i answer that on the, on the other side. That's uh, a little bit complex because there are so many, so many. But I'll answer that. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Bum, bum, bum. All right, now, um, who is it? Bruce Allen asked, I'd like to hear your favorite assignment when you worked at CNN in the good old days when they were actually a news agency, which they more or less were. And the truth is, I had a really great time working for CNN and getting to do all kinds of incredible things. I, we were just uh, looking 34 years ago today when I was brand new, went to the White House Christmas party with Ronald Reagan and shook Ronald Reagan's hand. I had actually met Ronald Reagan several times uh, before that, but um, 
Uh, Kevin is asking if we can post that photo today, and I'll go ahead and do it. I look a little goofy in the photo, but that's okay. Um, and we'll post that photo. Uh, Ronald Reagan, in the 1997, I was actually on a flatbed truck in the inaugural parade on Inauguration Day, 1997, Bill Clinton's second inaugural. And uh, I was with a very difficult reporter who was no fun at all and practically ruined the whole thing. But uh, being in the inaugural parade was fun. I was I got to do all kinds of stuff. I spent three months in Saudi Arabia, uh, Dharan, after uh, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. I had a great time in Saudi Arabia. Uh, fun riding helicopters out of the desert. Thanksgiving dinner with the first Marines near Kafji when George H.W. Bush went out and uh, joined him. That was great. Flying CH-46 helicopters out there and back, riding camels and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Saudi Arabia, I had a great time there for three months. And, uh, and then I got assigned to the Pentagon. And I did a lot of political stuff and all the big rallies. You know, used to spend time on Capitol Hill and you know, interviewed Ted Kennedy in his office. Got the tour of his office, which was like a museum of Kennedy family relics and, and things fun. From Ted Kennedy. He didn't kill any girls that day. And, uh, and then I was assigned to the Pentagon, and I got to do so much great stuff. I uh, jumped out of airplanes twice with the Army, and we had parachutes. And, and uh, the Golden Knights, uh, great, great stuff. Got to fly an F-18 uh, fighter jet and actual stick time and rolls and stuff out of Patuxent River, the Navy Flight Test Center. Got to fly an A-6 intruder three times off of the USS Enterprise. Spent a lot of time on aircraft carriers. Uh, several days on a uh, submarine, uh, the USS Montpelier in the Atlantic Ocean, hunting French submarines and, and mock killing them. They never killed us once. We killed them every time. USS Montpelier. I got to fly an F-16 out of Moody Air Force Base in Georgia. Did everything I could to rip the wings off it. Fly around the world on the doomsday plane, the E, uh, the, uh, um, uh, what is it, the EA, uh, the, I keep doing my uh, EA-6. I'm out of time. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.